0: Only, only, it's it's
1: showtime! And now it's time for Dave's Disney View Podcast. Please move across your car to make room for everyone. Our podcast will begin momentarily. Join Dave as he makes his grand circle tour around the Walt Disney World Resort. Dave is a dreamer and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all but he understands its place in history and respects the legacy that's been left. So come along and take a listen to Dave's thoughts about the Walter's New World Resorts and see it through Dave's eyes. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, manténganse alejado del David. And now, here's your host.
0: Hey everyone, it's Dave. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. Well, on the last several podcasts, I've talked about the world of motion, and in particular, the uh, history of the attraction. Then I talked about the ride-through within the ride vehicle. Then I talked about the Trans Center, which was the end part of the attraction. So on today's podcast, I want to talk about what happened after the world of motion. Of course, we don't know the world of motion anymore, the building still exists, it's still sponsored by General Motors, but it's not the same attraction that it once was. But before we get to that, first, a word from our sponsor.
1: Hey, I have the best kept Disney World and Universal Studios vacation secret. Did you know that anyone can run a sweet ride and truly get around fast with your pass inside the theme parks? Mom, tell them.
0: Well, Scooter Vacations makes it fun all day long. You or someone you love deserves the best way to see everything. So why not relax and enjoy a true express ride with your pass? Scooter Vacations can arrange it and even deliver it to you. Get around the fun way? Have as much fun getting from ride to ride as being on the ride. They fit on buses, boats, and monorails. And some can fit in a car trunk. Upgrade your experience and scoot everywhere. Contact Scooter Vacations at one 855 scoot that's 1-855-WDW-SCOOT, or on the web at ScootOrlando.com. That's S-C-O-O-T Orlando S-C-O-O-T Orlando Now, General Motors struggled through a slump in business after the second sponsorship deal ended for the World of Motion. The first agreement ran from 1977 to 1987, and that's how they got the relationship going. The second ran from 1988 to 1992. Now, GM was stuck in the awkward position of dealing with corporate layoffs while continuing to sponsor the pavilion, which apparently was good for business because they were selling more cars and getting more promotional materials out there. So GM started signing one-year contracts uh, for the ride to continue to sponsor it. Along the way, GM floated an idea to gut the building and turn it into a new attraction. It had been 12 years uh, by now, and things had changed, and a more up-to-date ride seemed like a good idea to Disney representatives and to the GM executives. The idea would take the World of Motion, close it down, and refurbish it into a new ride that focused specifically around GM's automobiles, rather than the fanciful history of transportation from the prehistoric modern age previously housed in the space. The World of Motion was shut down to the public on January 2nd, 1996 and a new attraction called Test Track was set to take its place. Scheduled to open 19 months after the World of Motion's closing, this new ride would put you in the test car against the vehicle tests that were needed to deem the car safe safe for road travel. The concept was to have guests ride in these test vehicles in a GM testing facility and be taken through a series of assessments to illustrate how Automobile's prototypes' evaluations are conducted. The highlight of the attraction was a speed trial on a track around the exterior of Test Track at a high rate of speed, intending to make it one of the fastest Disney theme park attractions ever built. On the final ceremonial ride of World of Motion on January 2nd, 1996, it broke down. GM executives who were riding in it had to climb out and walk back to the exit. Nothing would go quite as planned when it came to Test Track. There's an interesting intersection of stories that happens along the way here. The closing of the World of Motion forced the reopening of Horizons, another Disney attraction which focused on the future of the family, which I detail pretty thoroughly back in some of my earlier podcasts. The challenge for Disney was that if they closed both Horizons and World of Motion on that one particular side of Future World, that left a totally dead spot where there was no attractions in that particular area. So Horizons benefited from this fact and was reopened for the better part of the construction period of Test Track. As far as the design, Inspiration was brought from the real world. In 1976, Disney Imagineers had visited Milford Proving Ground, owned by General Motors, and later made a second trip to the facility and worked with GM to create Test Track. When they closed World of Motion for good, everything inside the ride building was removed. New track was constructed outside the building, which is used as a high-speed test for Test Track. Work inside the building was being done as well. The cars used on the rides were designed to resemble the look of cars that go through multiple safety tests. Now, over the course of construction of Test Track, numerous problems occurred causing delays in the ride opening. One problem that Imagineers had to overcome was that the wheels used on the ride vehicles could not stand up to the demand of the ride course and speed. The problem was resolved, but a second, more severe problem caused the ride to be delayed by over a year. In order for Test Track to run with the highest hourly capacity possible, 29 ride vehicles would be needed. The ride programming system could only handle an operating maximum of six cars over the layout of the ride. One by one, programmers were able to get the computer system to run 29 ride vehicles all at once. After these problems were resolved, Test Track Soft opened to the public on December 19, 1998. The ride, though, was still prone to breakdowns and didn't officially open until March 17, 1999, about three months uh, behind schedule, but already a year delayed from what they originally thought. Now, Test Track was hailed as Epcot's first thrill ride, and it came with drastic changes to the pristine wheel-shaped structure that uh, I detailed in the design of the building. A high-speed loop encircled the building like a strand of barbed wire, a tent-like structure was put up over the entrance, and fast-pass machines and a single-rider marquee welcomed guests to the queue area. Gone was the aesthetic and the sense of design that was so prominent in the original attraction. The outdoor spiral of the original ride is now the inside queue area for Test Track. Now there's a side note here. The Test Track pre-show area, which took guests through a working automobile factory, was designed by the same company, BRC, that created much of the Trans Center back in 1982. But anyway, as for the ride, during the first part of the queue, guests viewed a sample repair and test shop and heard of mechanical sounds and squealing tires. As guests entered the queue, they were welcomed to the center and were shown tests performed on, on car parts before being released. The queue wound by different tests for tires and doors, and a special chamber for radio receivers and an area for crash test dummies to be tested. At the end of the queue, a group of guests would be brought into the briefing room where they would be shown an automobile testing facility, an example of tests being performed. The host, Bill McKim, who was played by John Michael Higgins, told guests that they would take part in some of the tests and also told the technician, Sherry, what tests to set up. Small videos of each test were shown as he spoke. He finally told her to choose one final surprise test and a video of a car crashing into a barrier was shown as a door opened for guests to enter their interior queue.
1: It's ready. Oh.
2: Thanks. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the test track. My name is Bill McKim. I'm up here in the control center. In just a couple of minutes, you're going to be out there on that track. But first, let's uh, put together your test schedule. These are the same kinds of tests that are run at uh, GM test facilities all over the world. Let's put up the 26-8 uh, grade. You got it. Okay, we're going to start you off on an accelerated hill climb. Now, these steam... Give us a chance to evaluate the effects of heat and stress on your engine and on the transmission.
1: Twist it, or blocks.
2: Let's put up the blocks, uh, German and Belgian. Next, your vehicle is going to go over a variety of rough road surfaces. These are designed to test the integrity of the uh, suspension and the chassis. It's going to get a bit bumpy. Yeah. Next, you're going to see and feel what it's like when your brakes lock up, and you lose control of the steering test one more time, this time with the ABS or the anti-lock
1: brakes. Okay.
2: What's next? Let's do some environmental tests. Uh, Put up two, five, and seven.
1: Seven?
2: Yeah, seven. Okay. After that, we're going to subject your vehicle to some extremes in temperature as well as corrosive conditions to see how it handles nature's worst. Finally, we'll take you out for some handling runs. Let's do the to send you through some hairpin turns, and then uh, we'll take you out and do the high-speed loops. And depending on how your vehicle and you pull up, uh, we'll even throw a few surprise tests in there. Surprise test? Yeah. Pick one. Now, if this whole routine seems a bit extreme, you're absolutely right That's what a test track is all about. The uh, cars you drive at home are made up of over 15,000 different parts, and every one of them has to pass the test under very extreme conditions before we ever let it off that test track and out onto the road. Now, as you can imagine, safety is a big concern of ours, so we're going to insist that you uh, buckle up your safety belt securely. You'll be glad you did. We're ready. Oh, great. Well, Sherry says we're ready, so we'll see you out there on the test track. Good luck. Have a good ride.
0: Upon reaching the end of the second queue, guests were loaded into test cars. The car was brought in through an accelerated hill climb. Next, the car suspension was tested over different types of road surfaces including bricks and cobblestones. Next, the car's anti-lock braking system was turned off and the car tried to navigate a course of cones knocking over many in the process. The anti-lock brakes were then turned over to, uh, in a similar course and it was navigated easily. Guests were shown a video overlay of the difference. Then the cars were brought into three environmental chambers, a hot chamber, a cold chamber, and a corrosion chamber. The handling of the cars was then tested. It climbed a set of hills with blind turns while increasing its speed each time. At the top, the car almost crashes into an oncoming semi-trailer truck before swerving out of the way. The car was now brought back to its final test and shown in the briefing room, the barrier test. The car lined up across from the barrier and began to accelerate towards it, and just before hitting the barrier, a series of flashes occurred where a picture of the guest was taken and a barrier opened to a track outside. The car took a lap around the building with banked turns and a maximum speed of 65 miles per hour. As the car returned to the loading dock, a uh, thermal scan was taken of the guest and shown on a large screen. Like many Disney attractions, Test Track exited into a themed gift shop featuring a merchandise associated with the attraction. Guests could also view and purchase photos taken of their vehicle. Guests, of course, could also view and purchase photos taken of their vehicle. There was also an area where the uh, showroom for all new prototype or legendary GM vehicles was shown. Now, Test Track's replacement for the TransCenter was called Inside Track. Inside Track had fewer exhibits than TransCenter, and it's mostly a car showroom for GM. For a while, there were a small number of simulators called Dream Chasers at Inside Track, while on a Dream Chaser, guests saw what was pretty much an advertisement for GM. The Dream Chasers were eventually removed around 2009 or so, and a new exhibit on GM's Hybrid 2 engines was put in its place. Taking up some more of the old room from the Center is Test Track's gift shop. Located near the pavilion's exit, it sells Test Track items, along with other Disney and GM items. By the way, many of the audio animatronics and props from the old World of Motion could be seen in the queue line for the tram segment in the studio backlot tour at Hollywood Studios. Look up and around to see World of Motion figures such as the Hot Air Balloon the Bull and the Centaur. So that was, that's how Test Track evolved from World of Motion. Now, in January of 2012, Disney Parks announced their plan to renovate Test Track during the second and third quarters of the year and reopened the, the ride by fall of 2012. As part of the update, Test Track's new sponsor was was General Motors Chevrolet instead of the GM as a whole. The new additions include a pre-show where guests design a new car for testing in the Chevy the Chevy Center. Then they board the Test Track's existing six-passenger ride vehicles to be known as sim cars to see how their designs fare on the center's driving course. The experience concludes in a renovated showroom featuring the the current and future Chevrolet products. So what they did was they essentially took the existing ride and they reskinned the uh, vehicle so they looked a little different and they added some variability in the uh, computer the computer program that moved the uh, cars around the track. So instead of always doing the exact same thing every time the design elements that you selected may make it handle a little bit differently depending on some of the things you've selected. So it was a little bit more random or a little bit more structured around uh, different different styles and what you would put into the car. So there was some variability in the in the attraction rather than always being the same thing going around the same way every single time. Now, it still has uh, capability, efficiency, responsiveness, and power, which is essentially where it was, but it's just a little bit more updated and maybe a little more innovative than it was in the past. The ride closed on April 15, 2012, and the barrier walls came down, and it, it did reopen in fall of 2012. And, of course, at the end of the ride, when riders get off of the uh, new test track, the newly revised test track, they go into the showroom that's been sl- slightly revised from the way it was when it was the original test track. A lot of the same features are there, but now it's a little bit more designed around the Chevy vehicle rather than all of the GM cars, though I guess occasionally you'll see other cars in there.
2: Your design is now linked to the SYNCAR ride vehicle. Your CINCAR journey is about to begin. Hello, the around the house. For your safety, remain secret you seatbelt fasten your seat doctor's, doctor's. hands, arms, feet and legs inside the vehicle at all times. And please supervise children. Thank you. La estación de control de cinturones de seguridad está a la vuelta del estacionario. Por su seguridad, mantener sus manos, brazos, tibias y piernas dentro del vehículo y cuida los miembros. Automated driving technology activated. Welcome to the SIM Dragon. Let's see how your designs hold up now. Commencing sim car off-road and extreme weather (laughs) Capability test results displayed and verified. Now let's see how your vehicles compare when it comes to their efficiency. So, uh, Ooh, sim check performance testing complete. This concludes your performance testing. You'll be able to see how your Chevrolet uh, custom concept vehicle uh, hands can create at the SIM car uh, after you disable. Please know. watch your step as you exit. And remember to take all your personal belongings with you. Be sure to check your final performance numbers now
0: Well, that is my podcast for this week, and I hope you've enjoyed it. I've given you the history of World of Motion and into Test Track and how Test Track evolved over time, and over the course of several podcasts, I've explained how things have evolved and become what you know today. And it is kind of a fun attraction, but I still miss the original World of Motion, and it's sort of its kitschy nature and the fun humor that was really defined Mark Davis and some of the other uh, Imagineers and web designers who had come up with some of these concepts but that's what history does sometimes. There's some interesting things that are lost to history along the way. Well, that is my podcast for this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. And remember, it's fun
1: to be free. Thank you for tuning in to the Disney View podcast. Now, please exit the moving podcast. The walkway is moving at the same speed as your podcast. Kindly take small children by the hand and watch your head instead. If you have questions, thoughts or would just like to ask Dave a question, please send an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. You can always find Dave's Disney View on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. The show notes for this podcast can be found on disneyworldpodcast.net. Original music you hear in this podcast is courtesy of Sound A Music. You'll find a link to the latest Disney-related autism awareness event on the show notes page. We also encourage you to check out Dave's iPhone apps. There are a couple of Disney-related apps, including a Hidden Mickeys app and a pin trading app.